Hello, everybody. My name is Brian Dewey here with Locker Lab. Today, I'm doing a show solo. Uh, we're doing an early morning show with a uh, with somebody from Europe, so Ark is not able to join. But uh, today, I have a really great guest, uh, somebody I've gotten to know over the last year, uh, Andre from uh, Parcel Locker Central. How are we doing this morning, Andre, or good afternoon to you? Hello, hello. I'm doing fine. Thank you, Brian. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. We got connected six or eight months ago and uh, have had a lot of great discussions. Um, you've been very active in, in social media and in creating content specifically regarding parcel lockers. And uh, I want to know a little bit more of your background of um, what what you knew and what you did with parcel lockers prior to starting Parcel Locker Central. And then um, what led you to um, dive into Parcel Locker Central uh, at this point? Sure, sure. Um, thank you for, for asking. Uh, so my background is in, in, in business and especially, especially in, in software development or software or technology related areas. Uh, I've been uh, 10 years uh, in the board of the biggest um, um, media publishing company in Baltics. And again, may maybe it's worth to notice that, that I'm from, from Estonia. It's a tiny, tiny little country uh, in, in Northern Europe. Uh, so uh, I was, I was in, in media business, media publishing business. Uh, and I was also, we had also a newspaper home delivery company uh, in our portfolio. So, so I was 10 years in the supervisory board there. So the logistics uh, connection started, started from there. And uh, after the after them publishing uh, a company, I I went uh, to to Omniva. Uh, Omniva is uh, actually a na national post organization of Estonia, and uh, uh, I I was responsible there uh, for parcel delivery business. And later on, I was a, a CEO of uh, Omniva. We uh, we had we, we were one of the first in Europe after the Poland and Invoice actually who started their own parcel locker uh, business and network and nowadays there are more than one thousand uh, lockers in that network in in three countries. Um, this number isn't so big, uh, but but the countries are also quite small. Uh, and and maybe the most impressive number is that. Uh, in our our countries, eighty percent of the last mile deliveries has been uh, delivered through parcel lockers. So so uh, the utilization rate of parcel lockers is is really high here, and uh, and uh, and this is this is sort of my my background why I'm why why I'm now now dealing with uh, uh, parcel locker central uh, every day. Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, when did you start Parcel Locker Central? I actually start the idea uh, ideaing it uh, one year ago, but physically I, I started the domain uh, in June uh, last year. So only a bit more than six months. Over these last six months, you've been in contact with a lot of different companies, from software to hardware, and I think we're seeing kind of a renaissance in some ways uh, with lockers and um, kind of the new era of, of parcel lockers. 
What are you seeing today that maybe excites you even in 2024? There are there are quite a, very much uh, many, many things that that are exciting and and every day brings uh, brings new new information and new things. Uh, um, first of all, let's say that uh, I've I've understood that the development of the last mile delivery market is in very different stages in in different countries and regions. Um, there are different approaches uh, um, uh, in different countries. Uh, for instance, in, in Europe and mainly in Northern Europe, uh, parcel lockers are, are utilized mainly uh, as a parcel delivery drop-off uh, um, uh, vehicles. Um, in Northern uh, America, in Australia, uh, the, this, this, this is, there are no carrier-specific networks uh, who deliver parcels. Uh, they are, there are mainly, mainly residential, and this is a little bit different approach. So, so I see uh, this is definitely a, a young market, and the, the, the product and the services are not fully developed yet so so we we still don't have a first version of uh, iphone uh, in in my it, it's my understanding so 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 we are looking for the first uh, steve jobs to to come in and to introduce uh, a parcel locker delivery 1.0 uh, so one day so and i i hope this is not going to be very far away yeah that's a that's a good assessment we're maybe still in the era of the the flip phone or the Nokia, uh, the old Nokia phones that I have when I was younger, when you had to text to be a T9 and, and via the numbers to to send to your friends, you only had so many uh, characters and only so many messages you could send in a month. I remember those days, but uh, it's, a, it's a good assessment. I, I would believe that uh, I would concur that we're probably in that same in that same you know phase that we're looking for that Steve Jobs. What do you think are some of the characteristics that are missing that we're not currently having our first iPhone? The iPhone obviously brought the internet to our, you know, uh, applications, different use cases, you know, from social to, uh, to you know, calling an Uber. All of those things have happened uh, on the iPhone, and, and a lot of those things happened very early on the iPhone. What do you think is missing from the from the parcel locker industry that uh, that we that we really need to focus on? There are several things. It's it's not that one thing is missing. Um, like before the the uh, iPhone, also there were different. Uh, there were touch screens before that. There were the, there were mm -hmm. camera phones before that. But uh, but Steve Jobs was the first one to put them uh, together. But uh, I think the anal analogy is quite uh, good because. Uh, the main component is missing is actually the software. The the partial locker development or manufacturing has been quite uh, hardware centric so far. Mm -hmm. So the manufacturers have been producing lockers. Then they hired the IT guy to put the computer in. Then they hired a programmer uh, who who developed some kind of uh, software on top of that that opens the opens the, um, the compartment doors. 
but but still this is this is quite a basic uh, thing what what makes a service uh, um, versatile and attractive is actually multi-use and and user-friendly and different use cases on top of that because i I do believe that partial locker or smart locker uh, um, in some countries Mm -hmm. that they call it it can't be multi or uh, single use uh, uh, single use uh, device it has to be uh, multi multi multi-use you you have to you 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 have to be able to build up additional services whether those are rental services or c to c sales or or um whatever uh, uh services on top of the parcel lockers but, but uh, at least here in europe they are they are quite uh, uh, single single use case uh, uh, lockers and uh, and there is a, a lot of room for the for their interactivity, for the for the additional services and uh, and uh, this kind of fun stuff, let's say. Yeah, no, that that's interesting. You know, um, the locker industry, specifically the parcel locker industry, has really uh, taken off in Europe uh, compared to the United States. Uh, you know, from a from a number of, of lockers deployed, a number of doors doors deployed. So we're even farther behind. And so for you to say that when you said that you have 80% of uh, last mile deliveries were to parcel lockers, uh, we're nowhere close to that here in the United States. So when it comes to the software, one of the things that I've always been an advocate of is being much more phone centric talking about we're talking about the iPhone and I believe the user experience uh, for the end user should you know should primarily be on the iPhone we're starting to see that here with battery operated lockers and when you and I were both at the parcel and post show back in October in Amsterdam every booth with a parcel locker had a battery operated locker what is that uh new philosophy untapping uh, and new product untapping to accelerate uh, lockers. And are you seeing a lot of battery operated lockers uh, being deployed at a much higher rate than the previous lockers uh, in Europe already? Or, or what, what's kind of your, your thoughts on, uh, on the battery operated lockers? You're absolutely right that that the, this is the the most hyped uh, hyped product category now in in partial locker industry. Uh, but uh, let me still uh, say that uh, in in my mind this is a little bit overhyped in a sense that this is not a revolution. This is a pure revolution only, yeah. and this is this is not uh, to substitute the the traditional lockers, but but to give additional value. So. Uh, in in my understanding uh, um, the the traditional at least the european model is that the traditional lockers are uh, uh, installed in the community centers where is high traffic uh, points uh, so and those are uh, lockers with the screens screen means not only that uh, you can you can you can uh, uh, insert your pin code but but it's also for insert data for 
registering a new parcel uh, or um, uh, leaving some kind of parcel to somebody else. So screen is needed uh, uh, for that one. So those lockers mm. are there and they are the cornerstone of the network. Uh, but now with the autonomous lockers, we can uh, go closer to the customer. So let's let's um, let's um, visualize that uh, there is a circle and that the, the big uh, bigger locker is on the center. So now you can start putting uh, smaller lockers uh, um, uh, in a radius uh, of. Uh, few hundred meters or few kilometers depends on 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 the on the location closer to the customer so that customers can have the pickup or drop off even closer to to his or her home so uh, for me this is sort of uh, add on for the existing network one other uh, use case that is 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 uh, those autonomous lockers are bringing is definitely rural areas because there are the, the 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 volumes are there much uh, smaller than in uh, urban areas, and those locations also need uh, uh, smaller uh, smaller lockers. So uh, I think this is going to be boosting uh, rural areas uh, a partial locker delivery uh, quite quite a lot, but it takes time because you know the the the. The money is actually in big cities. The, the the heavy volume is what carriers are looking for, where the economical profit uh, lies. So the rural areas where there is a less stops, the, the revenue is smaller and it takes time when the city areas are saturated, then usually the, the, the investments are going uh, further away. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um... I also do believe that there's um, maybe a bit of overhype. I do believe that that is the direction that um, lockers need to go with battery operated and more off grid. Uh, you know, it, it does take on the characteristics of higher scalability, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily uh, extremely innovative of of what's being developed. It's it's rather you know, simplistic uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. So I agree with you, obviously, with me being in the software industry, that's, you know, our thesis is is really what's going to take the locker industry to the next level and get to the iPhone status is, is the software. When we talk about um, the two different markets of, you know, I live here in the U.S., you're in Estonia, and are familiar with the European market. Here in the US, uh, we don't have these, these parcel locker networks with the, the carriers. Um, in, in Europe, that's uh, primarily what, what we're seeing, right? Um, or these independent networks as well that people are deploying. Uh, both of those models come with new challenges as we go into the next decade of parcel lockers. Um, how can we, and I think a lot of, a lot of that comes to more cross collaboration between the US market and the European market. I think we can learn a lot from each other, but it seems like that body of water in between us has really kind of disconnected us uh, in a lot of ways. 
Uh, how, how, what do you think the U.S. market could learn from the European market? And then um, maybe alternatively, is there anything that you've learned uh, maybe with your networking regarding the U.S. market that you think the European market should kind of, uh, you know, spend some time focusing on? This is very, very uh, interesting topic. Thank you, thank you for that that question. Um, I'm I'm not so special specialist uh, about the U.S. market, uh, although I, I I know the situation there. But uh, I really what I admire uh, from from that market and that approach where there are sort of residential lockers. I see that those are mm. um, you, 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 your lockers are much more universal. There are different services built up uh, on that, and and in my mind, uh, uh, for for those customers who are using those lost lockers, they, those lockers are mu much more valuable than just uh, last mile delivery drop of points. Because uh, so my connection is with, with my closest parcel locker. It's sort of very straightforward. If I get a parcel, I get an SMS, I will go to pick up my parcel, and that's it. I, I, I got any other additional value from that. But but in your case, uh, there are different services, and and this is also much more widely. This is like, a, in a sense, this is like an Android operating system where everybody can build up apps. Uh, we, we have sort of iPhone system that is closed, that is carrier-specific, and you can only get what this carrier actually provides. So, so my thesis sure. is interoperability. Interoperability has to be present in in the future of the of the parcel lockers. Um, one thing that, that in Europe uh, is uh, that is not actually very good is that those carrier-specific networks are actually dividing the ecosystem in a sense that every carrier has the their own locker and then we have we have in Tallinn uh, a supermarket in front of what are seven different partial locker brands so uh, <laughs> this is not sustainable in a sense that um uh, Everybody, every this carrier makes their own decision. But when we 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 are looking for the for the whole sustainability of the whole partial locker delivery, it's not reasonable to build seven different lockers or put seven different lockers in into one one location. So, so there are different approaches in in Europe and and America. But but I see that they are coming coming together. In a sense, European uh, European model has to acquire new services, new new value add-on services on top of the lockers, and and again uh, in in US uh, the the carriers uh, will will adopt uh, hopefully uh, soon uh, more lockers uh, to deliver uh, parcels. Yeah, that's a very astute observation, Andre, uh, on all the different points you mentioned. And a couple of things that I think of regarding this as well. The U.S. market with having residential lockers, whether it's Lutz or One, Parcel Pending, any of the companies that are currently in this market, I would assume that the volume of locker usage would be less than the 
uh, on a daily basis than a uh, a locker bank that's in the public domain and you know in any of the European countries um, because they're only catering to the people that live in that multifamily you know residential property. Um, they also have issues at times with uh, adoption with the carriers of of taking the time of putting items inside the locker. Uh, that's been kind of widely known that that's you know always a problem that we're trying to solve. And the reason that is a problem is they don't have that direct seamless integration that the lockers have with carriers in Europe. So I think one of the things that the U.S. market uh, needs to overcome and it needs to be helped with the carriers is providing more seamless integrations um, to make it faster and easier for delivery drivers to to drop off their deliveries. Um, on the other side, like what you mentioned on uh, the the European side is that's always been com- confusing for myself is that every carrier has their own locker network and they're kind of in their own silos. And, and really you have to, to sell lockers in Europe, parcel lockers specifically, you have to, uh, really there's only one or, you know, a handful of, of customers and that's the carriers. And you have to go through that process. And so market entry for, uh, for companies to get into the, uh, you know, locker hardware companies, locker software companies get into the European market, I believe is much harder uh, in a lot of ways. There's a little bit more of a moat around, um, you know, these relationships because there's far fewer carriers than there are property management companies here in the United States. So it's a different sales cycle. Um, but I think the problem that we're seeing in the U.S., is that a good number of U.S. consumers have never used a locker um, themselves. And it's, I think that has halted some of the growth in, in U.S. is that the initial you know, focus has been on residential, what I would call kind of private systems compared to kind of more public, public networks. So it, it is interesting how both of them kind of uh, are really complete opposites uh, to it. From a software perspective, uh, if I if I was to ask you what is one key element that you're really focused on or you're really seen as being the, the scalability factor um, for, you know, how software can unlock the market, is there anything that really comes to mind uh, that there's like one key attribute or key feature or function that really could, you know, light the world on fire when it comes to lockers? No, uh, it it might sound uh, quite uh, quite uh, um, uh, let's say uh, not not popular because everybody's talking about that, but uh, AI or machine learning uh, is uh, is uh, for me. A thing that is going actually to to change uh, change the game uh, in in parcel locker industry, and um, I'm, I'm not talking about large language models. Uh, what what are popular mm-hmm. right now? The thing is that parcel locker business is very determined or, or a specific business. You have a parcel locker with a certain number of compartments, and this is fixed. 
okay, you can add there are columns, you can enlarge the, the setup, but, but still, you have a fixed uh, uh, capacity. And uh, now the trick is how to utilize this capacity in a maximum uh, maximum way. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving you one use case, or only one example, uh, what, what you can do with AI. Let's assume that uh, I, I'm the customer and uh, I... I might have a habit that whenever I will get the notice that I have a parcel in my in my parcel locker, I only visit the parcel locker on Saturday morning. But there are there are patterns. Every customer is different, and there are mm-hmm. different uh, uh, user behaviors. Now, assuming that now I'm a carrier, and this Monday I have a parcel, or carrier has a parcel for me. There are two options now to deliver the parcel uh, to the parcel locker on Monday. Uh, and with 99% of uh, probability, it will stay there for a five days before I came there. Now, if I would, if, if there would be uh, machine learning that would profile me as a user. So basically, in the moment when the parcel is coming, the AI would say, let's not deliver this parcel today because 99, 99% of certainty he is coming on Saturday only. Let's keep it in our warehouse and let's put another parcel there. So uh, and, and this is very simplified but but if if these those kind of uh, those kind of algorithms are, are used for every single parcel you can basically use one compartment for several parcels a day because the trick is how to maximize the usage of every locker and then and, and it, it can be that the 12 time can be less than a day so this is the trick how to do or let's take a, a longer term in a sense that if you are a carrier you have to plan ahead your fleet how many couriers you will need after two weeks after after two months uh Okay, there are some kind of adjustment uh, possibilities, but but basically you have to be you have to know ahead. Uh, if you have data analytics uh, on very good uh, uh, level with with machine learning algorithms, you can you can foresee the future. You can plan your other related costs according to that. So so I think that the the economics around the uh, partial locker business. It's very important, and the second second thing is why why AI the second second area where AI can improve it is uh, is that um, to deliver a parcel to one person there is not only one option to deliver it there are there are seven different parcel locker locations you you that can be available there are home deliveries there are different kinds of pudos you can use. And this is a matter of uh, interaction between the carrier and the customer. So I would assume that between that, there, the AI will develop so that uh, uh, if I will get the message that some parcel is is coming to me on Wednesday, then I would ass- the best use case would be that the AI will ask from me as a customer, when and where would you like to get that parcel? And and then yeah. they adjust the route uh, uh, 
during that uh, that uh, preference because right now this is a human intervention in a sense that whether the call center or email back has to be transferred to change or redirect the the the, the parcel and, and nobody is manage is able to to uh, ask every customer or every parcel uh, preferences so so it might be trivial, but still AI has a, has a huge potential to 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 improve uh, uh, last mile delivery and not only partial locker delivery, the, the delivery experience as such. Yeah, that's a very uh, interesting thought uh, regarding AI. And I would certainly agree with you. I think the question I would have would be, where is, where is the optimal location that this AI is being curated? Is it, you know, by the carrier? Is it by the locker, uh, you know, platform, the locker software company? Or uh, is it somewhere else that you can aggregate even more data of that user? So, you know, if, if we're taking it from the locker level, then, we're only taking the data that that of that specific locker network and the relationship between that locker network and that user. If we take it with the carrier, it might provide some more history of transactions of at home and, and a few other things that are not being delivered to the locker network. But also that users is probably engaging in, in using other carriers to uh, for other deliveries. So really what it would come down to, I think, is how can we collect the most amount of data from that user um, to to have the best outcome? And you know, and uh, and you know, the uh, the sharpest or smartest AI. So it's a really interesting, and I'm interested to see where that kind of goes. One of the things that I think of uh, in uh, regarding software is how can lockers impact more businesses you know there are carriers that are obviously doing integrations with locker companies but all of the local businesses and local logistics whether it's um, a local retail store dropping off product um, to a locker bank for a customer or maybe it's business to business there's you know there's a lot of lot of logistics and exchanging of goods happening on a daily basis in any community. So how can we create efficiencies for, um, you know, for such a wide variety and, and make a larger impact at a local level? I've actually had a handful of uh, uh, conversations with farm equipment dealerships here in the United States where farm equipment dealerships are now covering such a large geographical area and where, you know, there's a dealership in one town and a dealership in another, but there's a town in between that they don't have any dealership. And now they're doing local deliveries of parts to the, to those farmers that are, that are ordering them. But if they could have a central locker location in that town that's in between those two stores, that greatly improves efficiency, but also provides a really good customer experience. They might be able to get their, you know, their order faster. They might be able to get it during off hours, open up more flexibility. So what what I always try to think of is like how can how can that locker network 
and I think it might be more difficult in Europe is these carriers might have to figure out ways to invite, since they own the locker network, how can they invite these other companies uh, to also engage and uh, maybe obviously monetize that engagement, but how can we invite more businesses to interact with, with lockers? And I think the best way of doing that is, you know, through APIs and, you know, allowing quick different interfaces for these different, for these different uh, customers and different applications. Um, but I, I like the, I like the AI thing. I think that's very interesting. Uh, okay. So to wrap up here, where, um, where do you, I, I want one, you know, we're wrapping up January already. And I want one prediction from Andre of something that you think is going to happen in 2024. Uh, maybe, you know, some big news, What you know, throw out something that we can uh, come back to at the end of the year and see see if you're right. You know, you you have the heartbeat of, of the industry, uh, you know, with what you've built here with Parcel Locker Central. What do you think is gonna is gonna happen in in 2024 actually i i did uh, did a forecast uh, at my at my linkedin uh, group uh, for for the for the 2024 and uh, there were five 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 points i i i um, predicted uh, first of all i think you would like that uh, first of all first first point for that for this year was that there is going to be decoupling of the software from the hardware manufacturing of parcel lockers i i i think that uh, those are going to be separate businesses there is a separate uh, software company who will dedicate only for the for the software development and then there will be hardware manufacturers who will be uh, manufacturing the, the hardware uh, that will be compatible for for with with uh, uh, several softwares? So so this is most probably the the first one. The second one is is it's mainly Europe and not only the the overall Europe uh, uh, prediction. So there are also inside the Europe there are several models how e-commerce is selling their products. So. Uh, in in let's say in nordics uh, when the customer is at checkout then he chooses the product with certain price and then on top of that he has to choose the carrier plus delivery method so uh, mm. and pay for that separately in in uk and other some other european markets basically you have to choose the 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 product and you don't choose even the carrier. This is the e-commerce uh, uh, who decides uh, who is the carrier and, and how to deliver it. So my second prediction is that most of the e-commerces will start to sell delivery differently, so separately. Mm. Uh, because yeah. I think that this delivery is very big part of the e-commerce experience as such and and by by letting carriers to compete with with their services i think this will uh, this will be in benefit for e-commerce and the, the buying experience for every every customer so so those are the two main uh predictions for for that year so there is 
And the third might be that uh, hopefully there is this uh, iPhone invented in, in parcel locker delivery business. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. I uh, I hope so as well. Uh, I think those are very good uh, good predictions. And I, I've never really thought about the, the e-commerce and, um, and, and, you know, selling delivery differently. I think that's, that's very interesting. Uh, well, I, I appreciate your time. Uh, I, I really like the dialogue that we have and, uh, you know, you're always, uh, challenging me with, with new ideas and new thinking. And I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I think this has been a, a really great conversation and, uh, I hope people enjoy it. Um, if people want to get a hold of you or learn more about you, how, how can they go about that? Um, in internet, uh, parcellockercentral.com uh, or lockerfirst.com, everything heads to me. Excellent. Well, thank you again for your time. Uh, and it has been a real pleasure. And uh, we'll have to do this again at some point and, and catch back up as we as we see this, uh, this industry continue to grow. So thank you, Andre. Uh, and also thank you what you do for the industry and providing education and awareness. I think it's been very, very valuable. And um, again, thank you for, for the content and everything that you make. So until next time here at Locker Lab.